You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. As we mentioned in the opening, uh, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of little bit excited but I suppose I was also kind of going yeah that doesn't seem that likely but back in April I think it was Vice President Pence announced that America is going to put people back on the surface of the moon Mm -hmm. in 2024 which is five years from now and they're Mm going to go to the pole and they were actually talking about sending men and women to one of the poles of the moon where Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ice in dark craters Mm -hmm. which they could have potentially used as a source of water yes you can either drink it or you can um, use it even potentially to make uh, make a rocket fuel obviously there's a lot of things involved in in you know you got to get access to it. You've got to make sure you've got to mine the stuff. You've got to make sure it's safe for human consumption or you've got to work out how to convert it into rocket fuel. So many kind of what ifs and maybes yeah. and stuff involved with that. But even just the timeline, you know, five years, really? And, you know, it's been a source of frustration, I reckon, for a lot of people who grew up in the, you know, anyone who was an adult in the 1960s and saw this incredible achievement of, you know, JFK saying at the beginning of the decade, we're going to go to the moon by the end of this decade and we're going to send people there and bring them back safely. Well, America went twice to the moon in 1969. So Apollo 11, Apollo 12, and then the rest of the program was finished. And the last man on the moon, Gene Cernan, was there at the end of 1972. Mm-hmm. And it was a nighttime launch of the Saturn V rocket. It would have been an amazing thing to witness. Yeah. In fact, just digressing a little bit, one of the things that can give you a real sense of, you know, if you haven't been to Cape Canaveral, if you haven't actually seen a rocket launch in person, how do you gauge what it's like? You know, what's the real sensations that mm. you feel? What's, you know, do your body vibrate? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, and I think it does. Mm. Like being at a really, really loud rock concert, yeah. whatever, you know, where you can feel your ribs vibrating, that kind of stuff. Anyway, this guy, um, he, he specializes, he's, on, he's a YouTuber and his name escapes me. I'll, I'll try to put something up on, on our Twitter feed at some point if I can dig out this particular YouTube. But YouTube, the sound quality is really good on YouTube, as you know, mm-hmm. it can be really good. Anyway, he took a bank of really good high-quality high microphones and sensors and a full-on array of really good quality microphones. And they went to the top of the vehicle assembly building, which was built to house the Saturn V rockets in the 1960s. It's an enormous building. It's probably 40 stories high, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe more. So he's got a camera, he's got his GoPro on, he's got his recording gear. They go up in a couple of lifts, they go inside the the VAB building, Mm -hmm. which is in itself is really cool. Like it's an amazing, massive hangar that's 40 stories high Mm -hmm. that could be built to take four Saturn V rockets at once so they could have them all being assembled and readied and stacked on top of each, all the different stages put together at once. This was in the days when, back in the 1960s, when they thought they'd be going to the moon regularly Mm -hmm. and beyond, but Mm -hmm. to Mars in the 1980s. That was Werner von Braun's original plan. But the sound of the Falcon Heavy being launched that this guy recorded from, from a long way off, you know, probably several kilometers away, incredible yeah you see the rocket take off and then the sound which obviously the sound is traveling the sound waves are traveling much more slowly than light so it's taken off before eventually you have this distant roar coming to you and it is this really amazing rumbling that you hear when that and that's now the the most powerful rocket in uh, in i think in the world in terms of lift capacity mm-hmm. over five million pounds of thrust at launch the saturn V was 7.6 i think and the shuttle was over 7 million pounds of thrust at launch. Mm. So these things, when you hear them, it's different to hearing a, a small rocket that's that's launching a satellite. Mm. These things have really got some grunt. So I've digressed a little bit. I'll try to dig that out and post it on our, our Twitter feed. So Congress has changed now. So Pence wanted an extra $1.6 billion in funding to kickstart this, uh, this process of getting people back to the moon in mm-hmm. 2024 in five years' time. 
went to Congress to get that funding and Congress said, look, we think that we're going to have to spend so much more than that. So yeah. we give you 1.6 now and then you're going to need another, another 1.6. In, yeah, and it'll yeah. just go up and up and up. In, in today's dollars, I think putting men on the moon was well in excess of 100 billion US dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think of what America spends every year on Military, defense, yeah. which is, I think it's more than the rest of the world combined, mm-hmm. they could be sent, they could probably have people on the moon next year if they wanted to, yeah, you know, yeah. but but they'd have to cut a whole lot of defense things, which they're not going to do. Yeah. Well, um, isn't it where they can just maybe combine that into Space Force and uh, create well, that's right. They do have the, they've got a branch of the Pentagon, which was set up by President Trump. It uh, is called Space Force, and that is to do with the militarization of outer space. Yeah. Uh, NASA is is civilian and always has been, mm-hmm. even though a lot of the astronauts were taken from the military. A lot of them were, had been in the Navy mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. some Fighter of the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Test pilots, that sort of thing. Anyway, for one reason or another, it's not going to happen. Well, Congress has said no to that extra funding. So NASA is now defaulting to what it had in place, which is as a target, emphasised target, mm-hmm. which is 2028. So we're, we're now nine years off, mm-hmm. unfortunately, instead of five. And uh, it is because of the funding. And interestingly, they had hired a new deputy administrator by the name of Mark Sirangelo. He was named just six weeks ago as a special assistant to NASA administrator Jim Bridenstine. He has resigned because of that funding not going through. If he can't was get thinking, the money, then, yeah. uh, he was thinking, well, I want to be involved in something that's going to happen in, in a sort of reasonable time frame. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in something that's going to maybe happen in 2028, maybe not. Subject to funding, subject yeah. to politics, subject it's, to it Congress. It seems it's all about the politics now rather than the, the true adventurous spirit that we uh, had in the 60s. Well, that's right. But it was it, it was also about politics because it was a race against the Soviets. And they considered you know, that the Soviets were ahead of the Americans. Yuri Gagarin was the first human to put in space. Mm-hmm. They did the first space walk. I think they put the first woman up there. They had the first satellite, mm-hmm. Sputnik. Mm-hmm. So all these things were that um, earlier on in the 60s and the late 50s and early 60s, the Russians were ahead. And then America decided, okay, we're going to get really behind this. So, and they had a president who was very charismatic and a great speaker and a great orator who got up there and said, we're going to get to the moon. We're going to send people back. Here's a time frame. We'll do it within the 1960s. And as I said, they did. They'd put, done it twice by the end of the 1960s. But unfortunately, they didn't go any further. So the architect of the Saturn V and a lot of the technology was the German rocket scientist, Werner von Braun. His dream was to domino, use that technology, use that expertise to go to Mars. And he envisaged going to Mars in the 1980s. Well, here we are. 50 years later from mm. the moon landing, mm-hmm. which is coming at the, the 50th anniversary of the moon of the first moonwalk is uh, July this year. And we're not really that close to being able to do it. If, if there's hope, it's going to be from the private sector and the likes of SpaceX and Blue Origin and Jeff Bezos. We had a story recently about his lunar lander that he's developed. It's kind of like a, a, a truck can take a human habitation on the top stage if mm-hmm. it wants to land people on the moon can also use that that deck if you like for other payloads mm-hmm. like unmanned rovers mm-hmm. and uh, other machinery and and stuff that they might want to, to deliver to the surface of the moon my take on it unless the private sector comes in and really has um, has a big crack at this I don't know. It just seems that there's a one reason after another for why it won't happen with yeah. Congress. Also, the other reason it might happen earlier than 2028, and I think 2028 is actually quite ambitious, yep. unlikely, to be honest, uh, is if there was a space race with the Chinese. The mm-hmm. Chinese have got a rover which has been is on the surface on the far side of the moon. Mm-hmm. It has done some good science there. It's the first time there's been any kind of lander on the far side of the moon, mm-hmm. so it's quite a different environment to the side of the moon that is always facing Earth. 
maybe if the Chinese really looked like they were going to put people there, America might say, okay, we've got to, we've got to act. We, yeah. don't want to, we don't want to miss out this time. Same reason, again, that, that applied in the 1960s, really. But there are a bunch of companies that are still involved in developing lunar technologies. Blue Origins one, Boeing, they've got a, a descent element study, two descent element prototypes, one transfer vehicle, one transfer vehicle prototype, one refueling element study, one refueling element prototype. Lockheed Martin, descent element study, four descent element prototypes, one transfer vehicles. Northrop Grumman, uh, one descent element study, four descent element prototypes, one refueling element, and SpaceX, one descent element study. And and they're just some of them. There are other, other private companies as well, other privateers. Aerojet Rocketdyne that, that originally built the Saturn V's F1 engines, they're working on a uh, transfer vehicle study. So interestingly, a lot of the original big contractors from the 1960s still in the game mm-hmm. now with the addition of uh, private companies as well. Yeah. So fortunately, it's not happening on 2024. Maybe it'll happen 2028. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Beyond the